Hey, everybody, I wanted to pop in ahead of today's episode to announce something very exciting. What's happening is our very first Wilderness Reset Retreat. So all I'm going to say is there are only a few slots remaining for this. And if you have any interest in coming on this once-in-a-lifetime event to Montana to really experience a safe environment for growth, get some firsthand experience with the outdoors, implement all these things that we've been talking about on the podcast for the last two seasons already, now is your chance. So I will include the link to those tickets in the show notes. So if you have any interest whatsoever, make sure that you snag a spot because this might be the only time we're doing this one. Yeah. I'm so excited because it'll it'll really be a culmination of the things that we talk about on this podcast of getting outside, resetting your nervous system, spending time in community with other people, learning some new skills. Like I'm really, really excited personally to be a part of this because there are some skills that I lack and I'm excited to learn from other people and I'm excited to facilitate some of the workshops in this retreat and it's going to be in a beautiful location and just a nice recentering of the nervous system and the body and health. So I'm really excited for this. Absolutely. And now let's get to today's episode. Welcome to the Widely Optimized Wellness Podcast. I am your host, Terea Rodriguez, and I'm joined by the lovely co-host, Evie Tackett. Both of us are functional diagnostic nutrition practitioners, and we love working with women from all over the world through our virtual programs, helping women not only feel better, but actually achieve that vibrant, no-holds-barred version of themselves they've been missing for a long time. And how we actually get there? Well, that is what this show is all about. Now, please keep in mind that this podcast is created for educational purposes only and should never be used as a replacement for medical diagnosis or treatment. And if you like what you hear today, we would love for you to hit that follow button, leave a review in Apple podcast, share with your friends and keep coming back for more. Let's start today's adventure, shall we? All right, welcome back, everybody. We are in our final episode of season two, which feels so crazy for us to say. Like, we can't even believe it ourselves. Yeah. This has been such an amazing season. And I'm super excited that we are able to share a lot of these really interesting and fun topics for us with all of you. And I'm really excited for this particular episode because. I'm going to ask Terea what her takeaways have been so far with the podcast in general, but maybe specifically towards season two. You know, last episode, I shared my takeaways and what has really stuck with me and been influential for me. So I thought it'd be good if Terea got a turn to share hers as well. Yeah. So Terea, Yay. what do you think? Oh and how are you feeling? First of all, last episode, last episode of season two. I think we say this a lot of like, I can't believe we're here. And it, it's, it's interesting because when you set out to do a podcast at first you're just like well I don't know what I'm going to talk about every week for you know x weeks of the year and how many of these are we going to do and that kind of thing so there's that self-doubt but then all of a sudden you find that you've got so many things you want to share right and so it does work out but then you know it just moves along so quickly and I think it's just it's a nice surprise actually each time we get to a season end it just is it kind of feels like we're wrapping up a quarter of the year because that's kind of how we designed it is we wanted to do 10 weeks on and then have a few weeks break and so it almost lines up with each quarter of the year and here we are 
we're recording. Today's date is June 6th. So we're recording in June. This will come out later, of course, but you know, we're kind of in quarter two now. So that's, it's kind of exciting. So yeah, I love it. Yeah. And I want to interject. We are recording on your birthday. Yes, so happy it's my birthday. birthday. And I couldn't think of Yay. anything that I would want to do more, but hanging out with my friend Evie, as well as, Yay. you know, just doing something that I love to do. And I, and I find that I love doing the podcast. So here we are. Yeah. yeah. And it's such good timing that this is really for you to share what you've taken away. Like this is this is all about you. This is your day, your your episode, cool. all of that. Cool. Yeah. I think, you know, just looking back at season two and all of the episodes that we recorded, there were definitely some of them that stood out. I think one of them was grounding. And I can't remember if it was season one or season two. It must have been season two. And grounding it for, I think it's been fun because it's a reminder for me. So each time we see somebody tag us on social media with their feet in the grass, like it just warms my heart so much. And it's a reminder for me to do it more. So as much as I get out in nature, I'm almost always with my shoes on unless I'm getting into a stream or something. You know, it's like I'm almost always with my shoes on and not touching the nature around me. So it's a great reminder for me to do that a little bit more in my life too. Yeah. But that was a good one presence, the one that we recorded with Mac. Yeah. That one was really great because it's still a hard thing to kind of describe how nature can have such a broad effect on people's mental health and physical health, emotional health, like all of it, all of the above, spiritual health, right? Yeah. There is somebody that I follow on social media. Her name is Melissa, right? Whole30 gal. Melissa? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Melissa. Yeah. She she calls it her church, right? Nature is her church. Like she'll talk about being at Sunday church and post these pictures of being in these beautiful canyons in Utah and that kind of thing. And, and that's kind of how it is for me is being out in nature is that way. And I think one thing that has been kind of a, a really great thing from the pandemic, right? If we're going to find any pros to the pandemic that we all just went through and are going through is that when we were experiencing lockdown here in the United States, all of a sudden people couldn't fly to travel, people couldn't stay in Airbnbs. So they turned to being in the outdoors. And there's a lot of people now that are starting to get to experience the outdoors in that way. And I love it. And maybe in season three, we can talk about how to take care of our outdoor places so that they don't get trashed because we do see a little bit of that too. But I think this is part of why people have continued to do it. So now that our lockdowns are not as prevalent here in the United States, at least right now, we still see in the outdoor industry anyway, we still see a lot of people continuing that tradition of, of recreating outdoors. And so I can only imagine that one of the benefits that they got unbeknownst to them is this concept of presence that we had in that conversation with Mac. Yeah, I think it was really helpful for people to learn to slow down. And mm -hmm. I mean, really, because at least here in Cincinnati, when all of that happened and everything shut down, I mean, my street was full of people walking and it was like the kids were at the basketball courts and like the families were riding their bikes. And I was people like, where outside. do these people live in my neighborhood? Mm -hmm. Like, are, are, I mean, I know these houses are full, but like, where have these people been? Yeah. And so it was really interesting. And I've seen it continue, right? After dinner, you'll see a bunch of people out walking. You'll see kids out riding bikes. And yeah. and I just, I'm like, this is this is a benefit to that. And, you know, it takes some bad things like that to happen. Sometimes we need a crisis or a chaos, but 
I do think that's been beneficial yeah. for people and they're realizing, and like you said, maybe they don't know what they're gaining. Maybe they don't know what that's what yeah. it is, but they like the feeling of it. So they keep yeah, doing it. Absolutely. I think, you know, it's been interesting just to see the ripple effect in different industries, like the cycling industry. It's hard to find a bike right now because so many people bought bikes to be able to be outside and enjoy the outdoors and same kind of thing with camping and, you know, just getting out and doing hiking, like whatever that looks like. I think sometimes, and you and I know this from, you know, healing and doing mindset work and, you know, talking about all of the language and beliefs and all of that stuff too, that we need to interrupt some kind of pattern interrupt to be able to change behavior. And in a lot of ways, the pandemic was a pattern interrupt for us, at least the lockdowns, right? Because we're still going through the pandemic. I don't want to talk about it as if it's over because it's not. But, you know, we needed that pattern interrupt to be able to reconnect with the outdoors at some level. And for some people, it was as simple as walking around the block. And I think it's great. Yeah. I love how you said that of sometimes we need an interrupt in our pattern to change because that's very true. Even just... I mean, I think of certain things in life, like these big life changes that maybe happened after a gigantic crisis, like I said, or some sort of really stressful event. It's like, well, maybe that had to happen because things needed to change and I wasn't going to change otherwise. Yeah. So I love how you phrased it in that yeah. way. Yeah, it's interesting because I recently did some training in Dallas to learn neuro-linguistic programming. And I'm sure we'll talk more about that specifically in season three too, because wow, that is some yes, cool stuff. Please. But one of the things we talked about a lot is a pattern interrupt. Sometimes in order to change habits or, you know, when we're talking about neurology, right, change the neural pathways that have been formed, right? In order to do that, you need a pattern interrupt. So somebody who's very, very good at this is Tony Robbins. Have you seen his documentary called I'm Not Your Guru? Have you seen that? No. It's a great no. documentary, by the way. So, you know, go check it out. But in that, he he demonstrates a pattern interrupt. So he's coaching somebody live in the audience. And this gentleman is like in his stuff, like literally in his like meltdown. And all of a sudden, Tony Robbins like asks him about his red sneakers that he's wearing. And he's like, what? It was so random, right? But that pattern interrupt is done specifically so that we can change the neural pathway and start rebuilding a new one. It's really a fascinating thing. And I kind of see the pandemic as that doing that for a lot of us, actually. Yeah, well, I'm laughing because it sounds familiar because and I, I'm sure we will talk about it in the next season, but we've done this mm -hmm. together and you did that mm -hmm. to me after everything we did. You'd ask me a random question like, oh, wh what does your candle smell like? Or what what bird is that outside? And I'm like, what? <laughs> and then I was like, oh, she interrupted me from going down this pathway mm -hmm. or ruminating on whatever I might be ruminating yes. on. So that's yeah. really funny. I do have a question about the presence for you because you I mean, you, you live in California right now. You're in Oregon. Like you're always surrounded by nature. Try to be. So- does it become like second nature or does it become background to you because you, oh, there's the beach, but I always see the beach every day. Whereas when I see the beach, I'm like, oh my goodness, this is glorious. Like the earth is amazing. Like this is wonderful because I don't see it all the time. Yeah. So do you feel like there's a, like a, a, not a staleness, but kind of like that, that you experience since you are exposed to it so frequently? That is such a great question. And I think that that is something that can happen to anybody with anything right? Is we yeah, become true. complacent or we become numb to something around us? Because I, I, I have, I've lived, gosh, I've lived in California a long time. 
But I have lived in coastal communities a number of times in California, not the whole time, but a number of times. And one of the first times, I mean, beautiful beaches, warm water right down in San Diego, down in Encinitas. And I could have gone to the beach every single day. Did I? No, because of that exact thing, right? I kind of got numb to it or I grew complacent to it. Like, oh, it's always going to be here. So I'll just go when I go. And then the next thing you know, three months, four months have gone by. You haven't gone to the ocean. You get really kind of numb to it. When we move back to an ocean community, right? This is such a great question. We moved to Santa Cruz and we were in the middle of the process of building a home there and had to rent a, a rental temporarily. Well, we found an apartment that was on the beach, like on the beach, wow. right? And yeah. we kind of knew like, hey, this might be a once in a lifetime opportunity to live in beachfront property. So we made a decision. That's as simple as it was. We made a decision that we were not going to take it for granted, that we were going to take advantage of it. And that's when we started doing our sunrise walks. That's when I started was when we lived in that apartment because I wanted to see the sunrise on the beach every day that we were there. And it turns out we were there for a full year and that completely changed, you know, my relationship to sunrise, circadian rhythm and all of those things that we talked about in season one. You know, so that is to answer your question, I think that it is about setting our intention and about making a decision what our relationship is going to be to the outdoors. Because most of us do live in an area where we have access to some kind of green space, like what Mac was talking about. Look at your Maps app. Look for green. If there's green, that's a park, that's an open space, that's national forest land, whatever it happens to be. It's just we need to make that decision and set that intention of actually taking advantage of it. Yeah. And I like the way that you put that because you're right. I mean, I have really great walking trails in my neighborhood. Is it the beach that I would prefer? No, but it's still nature and it still feels like a little bit of a respite. Mm-hmm. And so I like that you phrased it, that it's about the relationship that we choose to have with it. Yeah. And if we're going to make it an intention to be a part of it, because when I've been to Greece, the locals sometimes I think are just like, they're just so used to they just drive by the running errands and they just walk by the beach or they drive by the beach. And when I walk by, I have these big heart eyes. I'm like the heart eye emoji, like, oh my goodness, look at the water. It's so beautiful and the sand and oh my gosh, the smells. Yeah. And and people are like, oh, you would get used to it if you lived here. And I'm like, maybe, maybe, maybe I would. But like, I think that I would actually make the choice to not take that for granted and to really look at it as, wow, this is incredible that this is my backyard. Mm-hmm. And so I'm glad that you phrased it in that way. I was just curious that for someone who spends so much time outdoors, if that presence is still there or if it's something that you still work towards or if you feel like, uh, like I don't really know because I do it so often. I think it, it also depends on the phase of our life, right? I mean, if I look at where I grew up, I grew up on ranch property that was bordered by BLM land, which is Bureau of Land Management land. So it's public land, national forest. So I grew up, you know, basically, you know, crunchy granola, hippie growing up, right? But on a ranch and and next to nature. And during those years, you know, junior high, high school, did I take advantage of it? Heck no. It It was all about boys or horses or whatever was going on. Like I wanted to be social with my friends. I was a little bit of a partier in high school. Like, you know, all of that stuff was the focus. And then when I moved away from Colorado, 
that's when I was like, oh my God, the mountains, I missed the mountains. You know, I didn't, I didn't take advantage of them. And part of the lure actually for us, you know, moving to Oregon for the summer is getting that mountain time, right. And being intentional about that. So, you know, you could have that happen anywhere and it's just about whether or not you're going to use, use it and set that intention. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, super cool. Yeah. So anything else about presence or what other what other episodes or takeaways do you have for this season? I think just the sciencey geeky part of me really loved the conversation with Conrad on full spectrum height. Like I love having conversations like that because it just like blows my mind and feeds my need for details and details and more details and I got to learn more. And so I think it was just a lot of fun because we talked about full spectrum light a little bit in the circadian rhythm episode in season one, but then, then we got to take like a PhD deep dive on full spectrum light and how to replace it indoors and that kind of thing. And I'm definitely thinking about it because the lighting in this house is, we're going to have to do some lighting changes, but it's been interesting. I've been able to take some of those things. Like I now know what a CRI value is on lights when I'm looking at indoor lighting. So that was a lot of fun. And then I think I just have to thank you actually, because you were my inspiration for cold plunges and cold exposure. Yeah. And we can definitely talk about this for a bit because once I saw you doing it, that inspired me to go for it. And now it's become such such an addiction in a way. Like I am constantly seeking out cold bodies of water, even if I have to pour myself a cold bath. So yeah, let's talk about cold exposure for a bit. Let's do it. Cause you talking about it, I it's I have this craving all of a sudden. I'm like, I have to go get ice today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I'm glad to know that I inspired yeah. you, right? Because y- you never know. I mean, same thing for you. Like, you never know when you share something with people, either on your social media or a group of friends. Like, am I going to be the weirdo freak that they're like, why are you doing that? Like, oh, there goes Evie again doing another thing. But the fact that it's like, it's stuck and it made you want to try. Now you yeah. love it. Like, that's amazing. Yeah. It, and it's interesting because I think one of the things that held me back was that along with my Hashimoto's, when I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's, I also got diagnosed with Raynaud's. And for people who don't know what Raynaud's is, Raynaud's syndrome, basically what happens is if you're on the video, you'll see this, but I'll try and describe it in audio too. But your blood vessels will constrict in your hands and in your feet. And so your fingers and toes will literally like right here at the base of my fingers they'll constrict so much that the fingers turn cadaver white, like there's nothing in them. And the triggers for that are cold exposure, number one, vibration. So it would happen a lot when I was riding my bike and there'd be vibration just in the handlebar. So vibration or squeezing like grip, right? So when we squeeze really hard, we're squeezing the blood out of the blood vessels, but then then it doesn't come back. Yeah. Right. And it takes a long time for it to come back. And for some people, you know, it can look white at first. And then when it does come back, it like flushes purple and it's weird. Like it's just a really weird sensation. Things go numb. Like it's kind of crazy. So I knew that that happened to me with cold exposure. And so I think I was really nervous at first because I thought that I would induce a Raynaud's attack, right? And and have that be the case. And my experience, though, has been quite different. And I think once I tried it, that rush, right, that those endorphins that you get when you do the like super cold water, that was just like, oh, I need to figure out this Raynaud's thing. Like, I got to do that more. And 
I guess it inspired me to figure out the rain on saying or do a little bit more research around the rain on saying or do a little bit more internal work. And I'll talk about that in a second, but that really helped me kind of address something else. So, yeah. Yeah. I, well, I'm really glad that you tried it. And actually, I was telling you this before we recorded, but I have a friend of mine who has rain odds as well. And after listening to that episode, she actually tried it and she was like, I did okay. That's awesome. And so that's really good. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. at first, like, I would deliberately leave my hands, my feet out of the water just to, mm-hmm. like, okay, let's, let's not turn into cadaver hands today. Right. And, I started doing a little bit of research around Raynaud's and stumbled across a medical study that was done by a doctor who was in the army, I believe, and it was in the 80s. So I just found a PDF copy, an old PDF copy of this study. But basically, he talked about how he cured Raynaud's. And I was like, this is interesting. How did they cure Raynaud's? Because there's so many different triggers and sources and, you know, they don't really understand a lot of what brings it on, stress brings it on. Is it autoimmune? Is it associated with autoimmune? All that stuff. But the way he did it was through operant conditioning or Pavlov's dog, right? So you remember the whole like Pavlov's dog, they feed the dog the steak, they ring a bell, the dog salivates, you know, and then finally they ring the bell and the dog salivates, but he gets no steak. Like basically what they've done is they've rewired the neurology for the dog so that there's a pathway that when the dog hears the bell, it triggers the saliva, right? I see this with my dog. She does that. We've done all sorts of fun things with her triggering saliva. But anyway, I'm totally digressing. So They used operant conditioning to rewire the neural pathway in the brain for what these blood vessels do in response to cold or in response to heating up. So for me, I would come in from the cold and then it would happen. So it wouldn't happen in the cold. It would happen after I was warming up. So one thing that I did was work on keeping my hands warm while I was in the bath. So the way that I would do it is I would have a candle because, you know, these cold plunge tubs, there's not a lot of like space for doing another. (laughs) The doctor had this big like tub where he would keep people's hands in warm water while exposing them to the cold five times a day for like two weeks or whatever. And I was not going to do that. So I just took a candle, right? And warmed up my hands around a candle, kind of like around a campfire warmed up my hands so that while I was in the cold, they felt warm. And I did that twice, two times. And that seemed to completely change the behavior of when I got out of the cold and that I wouldn't have the restriction anymore. Wait, so you were, when were you doing this with the candle? Before, during, or after you got in the cold? During. So I would draw a cold bath, right? In my house. Yeah. And then I would have the candle on the side of the bath and I would hold my hands over the warm candle while I was in the cold water. So the whole five minutes that I'm in the cold water, I'm holding my hands warm. But then I get out of the tub and I get warm again, right? Because there was a different sensation happening with my fingers while I was in the cold, it was changing the neural pathway, which is just totally crazy. Because now when I get out of a cold tub, I don't get the same like cadaver fingers. I'll get it a little bit. So there's more work to do here because, you know, when we are doing neural pathway stuff, you habits, repetition, right? It's super important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was enough to break down the old pathway of causing my brain to do that. The other thing that I noticed from a mindset perspective, 
and this is probably very applicable to your friend, is every time I thought about being in the cold, I would expect to see cadaver fingers, right? So my focus, going back to season one, where's your focus, right? My focus was on getting cadaver fingers. So my thoughts were actually reinforcing that same pathway of like, oh, this is what your blood vessels do when you warm up, they shut down. No, 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 (laughs) right? That's not what I want, but that's what I was reinforcing because I would expect it, I was thinking about it. And then of course, that's just reinforcing the emotions around it and the fear of it and all of that stuff. And so I just stopped expecting it. And I started just imagining my hands operating normally when I was in cold water or out of cold water, like it didn't really matter. And I'm seeing it less and less. It's really cool. Wow. That's so cool. And this is making me so excited for us to talk about the neuro-linguistic pathway and programming and language and all yeah, of that stuff. Like, probably have to put a bunch of that in season three because it's my new favorite yes, thing to talk about. Yeah. I'm like, let's do another live session with me. Like just the stuff that you were doing was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm really excited for people yeah, to see that. Yeah. And we can talk about your experience too in next season because I think that would be good for them to hear it as well. I know what my experiences yes. have been. So yeah, pretty pretty breakthrough kind of stuff. But yeah, so cold exposure, like I still am looking for, I found a new river, by the way, that I have my eyes on. Did you? Nice. Yeah. So there's a river here in Oregon called the Metolius River, which is just beautiful. And next time we go hiking, I'm going to try and find a pool that isn't super deep and fast, which is what it was when we saw it last time. So I'm also considering safety. here just yeah. to make sure but that water is beautiful and also very cold. Yeah, how cold are, how cold do these rivers get that you stumble upon and that you seek out? The ones that I've been able to measure <laughs> you're going to laugh at me. I just bought like a little mini thermometer that I can test water temperature with and keep on my backpack when I'm hiking. I love <laughs> it. Cuz I want to know. <laughs> yes, we should link that in the show notes or something. Okay, I'll link it in the show notes. It's a little tiny baby thermopen that's like 30 bucks. But the rivers that I have measured so far are somewhere around like 41 degrees when they're really cold and then like 48 degrees when they're not as cold. But that's still pretty cold. Yeah, definitely enough to get you shivering. Absolutely. And since that's the goal, I mean, why not? So yeah. next time I'll yes. get be prepared and have a swimsuit because it was a little bit, you know, public. Yeah. <laughs> public hiking, yes. lots of fishermen yeah. around and yeah. So, well, cool. I love it. Those are really good episodes. I'm glad you brought up the one with Conrad because that one also just like blew my mind with the lights. And he gave a lot of really good resources too of how to shop for lights and what to look for, what to not look for. And that was very helpful because now I I feel like such a better consumer. Absolutely. Yeah. I was able to uh, navigate the light bulb section of Home Depot on Sunday with some success instead of like, yeah, it's a light bulb. I don't know which light bulb to get. <laughs> yep. Yep. And his product, I'm already thinking how beneficial that's going to be for the winter mm-hmm. for me in the Midwest. I mean, my goodness, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing like how different my winter will be, what my experience will be compared to previous winters. Yeah, it was a game changer for me. I think your latitude yeah. is like more northerly than mine mm. in Santa Cruz. Okay. But yeah, it definitely was a game changer for me for this winter, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Those were great. Any other episodes you wanted to mention that Mm. really stick out to you that were so... I mean, I love them all because of course this is our podcast, right? So it's kind of like, oh, I love all the episodes. Yeah. But yeah, I think, you know, those are the ones that are standing out right now for me. Mm -hmm. Talking with Heather, actually, of Heather's Choice, 
that was fun talking with her. She's, I mean, thank goodness there are people like her out there that can allow us to be even further in the outdoors, right? And eat healthy at the same time. Like that was just really cool to be able to talk to her because, yeah, man, before then it was like dehydrated meals that were full of high fructose corn syrup and hydrogenated oils and ugh, it's bad. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that was fun to talk to her. Yeah. Well, I have a question about looking forward to season three. Since we've had two seasons under our belt, what are some things that you are looking forward to? I know we haven't like hashed out everything specifically, but what are you hoping that we can continue to provide in season three that we've done so far? Mm, I think there are definitely some things that I have in the back of my mind in terms of, you know, certain types of products that you and I use supplement wise and that kind of thing to help us better in the outdoors, right? So being able to highlight some of that stuff as well, I think would be fun. Definitely some of this neuro-linguistic programming and how we can use language to change our neurology, which then in effect changes our biology. Definitely want to share a lot about that. I could talk about it all day long. So yeah, so that would be a lot of fun. And then for season three, well, let's see. I think something that we could talk about now actually is the retreat So yes, I was wondering if we could talk about it. Yeah, let's talk about the retreat. So the retreat is happening. At the time that this airs, there might still be a spot open. So, you know, we'll put the link in the show notes. If this sounds great to you, go check the link. If there's a spot open, you're in. We can't wait to have you there. But yeah, so we're doing our first retreat in September. And I am like so over the moon (laughs) excited. So over the moon excited. (laughs) Yeah, for people who can't see us, we're like totally cheating <laughs> yeah, right totally, now. Totally, <laughs> totally. I came up with this idea for a retreat. This is something I've wanted to do for a very, very long time, is give people an experience of the outdoors, right? Give people who may or may not, maybe you totally love the outdoors and you just want to geek out and come have fun with us. Fine, you are totally invited, please come. But for some people, they haven't had that experience, right? They haven't had the experience of hiking outdoors. They haven't had the experience of getting to be next to a river and listening to the sound of the river go by as you sleep or experiencing a campfire and hanging out and talking next to a campfire at nighttime or seeing the Milky Way for crying out loud, right? Mac talked about that. Yeah. And a lot of people haven't seen the Milky Way. And so I found a location in Montana. So we're going to go to Montana. Abby and I are co-leaders in this event. Mac is a co-leader. And Megan, who has also been on the podcast, is a co-leader. And so between the four of us, we have crafted some really cool exercises and workshops to build not only outdoor skills, right, and wilderness skills and in like independent self-sufficiency skills, but also, you know, transformation skills and mindset skills and really pushing yourself to grow. So it's definitely going to be a growth environment. We've got some breath work going on, maybe a little cold exposure going on. So yeah. Yes. Yeah. We're so excited. I'm so excited. I told Terea that this is definitely out of, I will say it's out of my comfort zone, but it's within my curiosity zone, right? Like I'm pretty much someone who I will try just about anything at this point in my life that I'm just, I'm so open to new experiences and wanting to see, oh, how will this affect me? And will this better my health? And can I take this away and share it with clients? And 
And so to be outdoors and like actually like really camping in this way, it makes me nervous, but I'm taking that nervousness as something that is a good sign of, hey, you're going to learn a lot about yourself and a lot of life skills that you don't have that you might need at some point in your life. So for those of you who are listening, who are like, sounds really cool, but like kind of scared, kind of freaked me out. Hey, like I get it. I'm in the same boat as you, but I'm really looking forward to this experience because this is such a safe place to learn these things that that's what makes me feel comforted about it. Yeah. It's not like I'm going and roughing it on my no. by myself like out in Montana. <laughs> like these are people who know what they're doing and I'm just so excited to be able to learn this and also, you know, contribute my skill set to people too and expose them to some of the things that we do with clients and that we do for ourselves. Yeah. And just so people are clear like this is not a bear gorillas you are learning how to survive with a hatchet and build your own shelter kind of situation. That's not happening. There are cabins. There is catered food. Like, yes, we're still having a very luxurious type experience, yet we're still also engaging with the elements of the outdoors. And that was what was really, really important to have happen. So, yeah, yeah, we're super excited for this first one. I've been asked, like, is it going to happen again? Right. And I would say that while we would love to have it happen again, not all of the co-leaders are actually going to be around next year. I know Mac is planning international travel. Yeah. So, you know, I would say if this at all sounds interesting, cancel whatever plans you've got on Labor Day weekend <laughs> and, and just come yeah. because this might be a once in a lifetime event, even if Evie and I choose to do retreats again next year, which we kind of hope to do, yeah, they're going to be different, right? So this is going to be a once in a lifetime kind of thing. So yes, yeah, definitely. Cool. Very cool. Well, I'm, ex- awesome. I'm so yeah, excited. So excited about that. Anyway, we could probably talk a lot about that too. I know. And maybe we'll share more about it season three if the spots don't get filled. But again, if this resonates with you, jump on it right yeah. now. This is your sign. Yeah, th- there's only six spaces total. Yeah. So four leaders, six participants, Like, that's all we have room for. We've rented out the entire resort. That's all the cabin space that's there. So, yeah. Yeah. Go for it. Awesome. Well, thank you, Terea, for sharing your insights and your reflections for this season. Yeah, this was a lot of fun to do it this way in this season. And we're excited. We're actively planning out season three. And uh, we're excited to see you all in the next season. Yes. Yeah. And happy birthday. Hopefully this is a good way to start your birthday and share it with us. And everybody, thank you so much for listening to season two. We really appreciate it. Every time you tag us in a story on social media, every time you share the podcast with other people, that means so, so much to us. We cannot we cannot state that enough. Yeah. So thank you so much for spreading the word on what we're doing and who we are. And we will catch you in season three. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Wildly Optimized Wellness Podcast. If you are ready to dig deeper into your health, stop playing the wackest symptom game, start testing to get better guidance, you can find more about Terea at tereyarodriguez.com and you can find Evie at holisticallyrestored.com. Want to peek into what it's like to work with us? Come join us at our Optimized Wellness community. You can find the invitation link in the show notes below. And if you have a question for the show, you can submit your question under the podcast section of TereaRodriguez.com. Finally, if you found something helpful in this episode, don't forget to leave a review, hit that follow button, or share it with a friend. They're going to love that you thought of them. Until next time, see you outside. See you outside.